Hello, my fanist friends. Welcome to my podcast feed. Powered by ACAS Plus, here's a joke from my son. What did the bum say to the other bum? That's a bummer. You know, not for everyone. Uh, so, uh, look, thanks to everyone who's come to see the previews of Can I Have My Ball Back. It's been going really, really well, and uh, I'm really pleased with how the show's turning out. It's officially on tour now from Wednesday. I'll be at the Leicester Square Theatre. A couple of tickets left. Lots of press coming to that one. It'd be lovely to sell out, but there are a few other London gigs not selling as well. So if you're going to come to London... Maybe look up those other London gigs. And then this week I'll be in St Albans on Thursday, Gloucester on Friday, Chorley on Saturday, which is sold out. You can join the waiting list. And Glasgow on Sunday, two shows. I think the earlier show is sold out. Check with the venue, but the later show has some availability. Come along if you can. If you enjoy these podcasts and like them being free, then the great way to pay me back is to buy a ticket to a show or buy a download or a book from gofasterstripe.com. But you can just keep listening for free as well. That pays me back also. So, you know, no no pressure. But I'd love to see you there. If you just know me from the podcast and don't know me as a stand-up, I'm pretty good as a stand-up. It's a good show. I think you're going to enjoy it. It's only made about seven men faint so far. So, you know, are you brave enough to take the challenge? Let's sit back, relax and enjoy whichever podcast you're listening to now. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Leicester Square Theatre. Please welcome a man who has reneged on his Valentine's Day promise. It's Richard Herring. much oh you're much better than next week's audience as it turns out i guess uh, you'll see when this goes out um uh, welcome to uh rich Herring's leicester square theater podcast uh i was uh, talking to adam and joe the other day do you remember them from the 90s good, they? they call it relastopper and uh, and then just copied everything I did. No, they didn't. <laughs> they didn't. Um, so, uh, welcome. Yeah, look, it's, uh, it's shortly after Valentine's Day when we're recording this, and if you are aware of my stand-up material, know that I made a promise that on the first Valentine's Day with my wife that I'd buy a Frere Rocher every year on Valentine's Day, and then it was doubling every year. So this year, 2023, I should have bought a 32,768... <laughs> Ferrero Rochers, uh, which I did not do. In fact, I forgot it was Valentine's Day. Uh, we went up, we were on holiday. Uh, I passed some Ferrero Rochers in the shop. Thought, oh, maybe I could get those just for fun. And then I didn't even realise it was Valentine's Day the next day. My wife said she'd bought me a Valentine's Day card, but she'd left it at home. Uh, so I said I'd done that as well. <laughs> but we're home now, and I, she hasn't given me that Valentine's Day card. <laughs> and I'm not mentioning it because I haven't got one either. Uh, and, uh, <laughs> When we were on our way back from a uh, holiday, I got a tweet saying, uh, my friend is sitting two seats away from you on the train. Uh, but I was driving my car at that time, so I thought that was... <laughs> and they sent me a picture of a exci- very excited face, and there was quite a sort of WhatsApp chat that they sent me in the end. It wasn't me. It was another man pretending to be... Well, I think you just had my face. It wasn't Charlie Borman. They, said, they take photos. There's a lot of men out there who look like me, and some of them pretend to be me... And people, some people go, are you Richard Herring? And they go, yes, and have photos taken with them. I'm just worried that one of the Richard Herrings, the fake ones, will do something terrible. And I, then I'll... And, you, know, I, you know, I hope one of them's getting some. That's all I'm saying. I hope one of them's getting something off of being me. It would be nice to see. Um, but there we go. Look, we're going to crack straight on. We have an amazing guest for you uh, this week. She is probably best known... 
for uh, her appearance on uh, Cats Make You Laugh Out Loud. That is... She was also on the greatest Christmas TV ads. It was a very hard choice. Will you please welcome the amazing Zoe Lyons, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Zoe Lyons. Oh. Come in. Sit down. You know, I have, I have to think about cats make you laugh out loud every time I, I have a wee <laughs> because they paid for my bathroom. <laughs> it was a time in my career, Richard, when there wasn't a lot going on. There have been many yeah. of those periods, and this production company were making lots of these programs of so-and-so makes you laugh out loud. Yeah. Did budgie regards make you laugh out loud? Kids make you laugh out loud? Ex-convicts make you laugh out loud? They just kept coming. <laughs> they kept coming, and I said to my wife, and I went, I can't do any... I can't do... I can't do any more of the, I'm dying on the inside. And she went, get out there and do that. <laughs> we need a new bathroom. So, yeah, every time I, every time I take a dump, I think yeah. of the cats. And they, and they, they make you laugh. Um, you should be laughing out loud in that case on the, on the toilet. That's fantastic. Look, it's lovely to see you. It's been about five and a half years, I think, since you were last on the show. Yes. Time, time flies by. You've had quite the time. I mean, we both had quite the time of it yeah. uh, in lockdown. And both of us have probably managed to make a show out of our lockdown experiences. Thank, thank um, God for <laughs> adversity. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But you've had a pretty, I mean, yeah. pretty tough. Well, but... I think what happened with me in lockdown is, um, well, you know this, a lot of comedians, as soon as lockdown happened and the pandemic sort of, you know, took all of our work away, or the majority of our work away, there were some horrific Zoom gigs that happened. But, um, um I think a lot of comedians went into free-fall panic as to how they were going to get their content out there, how they were going to stay vital, and, you know, uh, know, people still need to see me. And I went completely the other way and just sort of reacted in an extremely human way to the pandemic and thought, I'm probably never going to live... Well, fingers crossed, I'm probably never going to live through something like this again. I'm going to really roll with it. So I went full sort of Hunter S. Thompson. (laughs) I mean, I... Oh, 11 o'clock, rum's in the garden, hello. Um... But I, uh, but I also, during that period, experienced what I can now describe as a massive midlife crisis and sort of borderline mini-breakdown. It was... Uh, yeah, only because I had the time for it. Yeah. Um, prior to that, I'd just been too busy. Yeah. You just crack on, don't you? Yeah, yeah, and it's true. only when you stop that you go, fuck, bits of this are really shit. Yeah, bits of this are really not working for me. So, um, yes, it was, it, was a, it was a stressful time. And then was, as a result of the stress... Uh, my hair fell out. Uh, I got alopecia. Uh, lost most of it. Uh, it's it's sort of coming back. Good. Well, yeah. let's, my, I lost a ball and it's not coming no, back. No, yeah, yours isn't going to grow back, <laughs> is it? Yours is. Gonna... I was thinking actually, my hair looks a bit like yours at the moment. Oh, does it? Does it? Yeah. Uh, I'll, show, I'll show you. I have. Oh, this okay. is the first time I've taken my hat off on oh, stage. For. Uh, a very long time, and I'm, I'm very aware of the irony of exposing myself on a podcast. <laughs> so just imagine a slightly less hair suit, Richard Herring. Yeah. We, we've got similarities going it, on here, it's haven't we? Similar, yeah, it's yeah. Similar, yeah. I've got this little bit here in the middle that's refusing to grow. Absolute bastard. Look, I've got two bits on the side that have decided, right, we're going to go for it again. And then just a bit <laughs> in the middle, right in the middle of my forehead that's gone, nah. Yeah. I like being shiny. <laughs> I like being shiny. So, yeah, I rub it every day like a sort of genie lamp and hope it'll come back at some point. Yeah, Not I'm... too soon, though, because I'm on tour and my tour's about <laughs> being bald. <laughs> I know the irony, you know. You get a game show and your hair falls out and you think, oh, that's not good timing. And then you write a show about going bald and it grows back and you go, can we please just <laughs> sync up diaries on this shit? Because it's not helping... <laughs> I mean, it's, yeah. you know, as, as a comedian, I, you know, and as I know myself, you go through some adversity and there's a part of you eventually, maybe not straight away, but there's a part of you thinking, oh, well, hold on, this isn't oh, yeah. the worst thing. So what was, yeah. what, how long did it take you to, 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 was it, for me, it was pretty immediate. I thought this was, was it? material. Yeah. But did it take you a while to think this? Because it's, I mean, in a, I mean, I think to lose your hair... Mm. I mean, I was going to say for a woman, but I think it's also true for a man. It's, it's totally true um, for men as well. It's and, totally true for uh, men. I completely empathise with guys that lose their hair as yeah. well. Yeah, yeah. It's, I mean, it's a big, it's a really big thing. It's a really big thing, yeah. and particularly when you're on stage, you know, yeah. and you, you, you are exposed. As a, that's what you do 
you know, for your career, you, you present yourself in front of people. And uh, I was in denial about it for ages. It really was. <laughs> I don't think anybody can nuke it. And it was like strands, you know. And then I had to hit that point where I'm going to have to deal with this. I'm either going to have to stop doing what I'm doing because I'm not happy and I don't feel... I don't feel... I don't feel uh, comfortable. Yeah. Or I bite the bullet and do that thing that, thank God, we as comedians are able to do yeah. and start talking about it and laughing about it and go out, Zoe, and get a wig so you can get yourself back on telly. So that's what I did. Yeah. yeah. And um, and then... The, the <laughs> so I got a wig and it's a bit... It's weird wearing a wig for the first time. You just think everybody knows you're wearing a wig. Like, you imagine everybody's eyes are just going to the top of your head, you know, at the concert, <laughs> and you just immediately want to blurt out, it's a wig, it's a wig! It's a wig. And nobody knows it because it's a really good wig. But um, the first three telly jobs I got after getting my wig were all outside <laughs> in high wind conditions. <laughs> and I was I'm going to have to get a chin strap for this as well. <laughs> I'm going to have to just gaffer it on. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, it's so. tough, but it's sort of, you know, I, I saw you interviewed about this and it's, it's a similar thing to me. And, you know, I decided to, I did discuss with my wife whether I was going to discuss whether I've had cancer or not and keeping it myself. But by, by talking, I decided, you know, I sort of had to talk about it. Mm. But, but by talking about it, it was very helpful, I think, for other people, but mainly, mainly for, yourself. for myself. Totally, <laughs> yeah, so. totally. I mean, I've met so many amazing people. Uh, having started talking about it on stage, and I've had you know so many people get in touch with me, and I've made lovely connections. But selfishly, it was it initially it was it was me I was helping. It was yeah. it was very cathartic, and it was it was it was it took the sting out of it. Yeah. It really took the sting out of it. Yeah, but it took me a while before I thought I was able to talk about stuff. I said because lots of stuff happened in that in those sort of two years. Like my wife and I separated. I ended up living on my own for a while in what I now lovingly refer to as my divorce daddy flat, and. Uh, <laughs> just me, a chair, and a can of Heineken. And, um, uh, uh, yeah, went through an awful lot and we had yeah. therapy for the first time in my life. That's a good thing. Right, okay. Yeah. <laughs> it's I, good to talk. Oh, yeah. I, it was, um, I sort of enjoyed... I looked forward to it because it was a time when we didn't have any gigs. Yes. Yeah. So... <laughs> 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 I would write stuff down during the week that I knew I was going to say to my therapist. I was like, that'll make her laugh. That'll... <laughs> this will, oh, she'll crack up at this. Hang on. I'll make that sound like I'm coming from a very vulnerable position and then whack it back with a punchline at the end. She'll love that. <laughs> and when we finally... When we, when we finally sort of finished our, you know, our... Our sessions and I was rewilded, so to speak. Um, her last words to me were, "Well, Zoe, it's certainly never been dull." <laughs> and I, fit, I was like, "I've won therapy." I was, yeah. But it's also great for you to be talking about. You know, again, I think like a midlife crisis is so associated with well, that kind of midlife crisis yeah. is so associated with men. Yeah. Bikes, yeah. you know, you bought sport, a sports car. I bought a, I bought a sports car. Um, yeah, I think when we think of it, because there's a lot said now about women in their middle age, and thank God we talk a lot more about yeah. the menopause and, you know, yeah. the, the, the changes that women go through and, and the, the, the struggles that we have. But in, in, but in the same way, there is a slightly cliched approach to, to female midlife where we sort of go, mm, she's, a bit, she's a bit weepy and a bit clammy and, you know... She's put on a bit of weight, but she's trying to sleep fit. Whereas blokes can go off, they go fuck something 25 years younger, buy a car, <laughs> sit in the shed, you know, do all of those things. And I sort of went that way. I mean, <laughs> you know, uh, did sit in the shed for a bit. Um, so, yeah, I sort of went that way. Um, it's quite empowering to go crazy in that direction. and, and Yeah, I think you know. so. Yeah, the sports car was a... I mean, that was... <laughs> I mean, it's silly now, isn't it? When you th I bought two, Richard. <laughs> I bought two because I bought one, and I, and then I eventually sort of came to my senses and went, this isn't going to make you happy, so is it? And I was like, no, it's not. Why isn't it going to make you happy, so? And I went, because it's not the right sports car. So, <laughs> I, so I sold it and bought another one. And, yeah, yeah, and just during, <laughs> during those times when there was no work, just drove around with the roof down and my wispy bits of hair flapping about. <laughs> Classic, classic midlife <laughs> crisis. Yeah, and uh, yeah, and and you oh, you are back with your. Wife we are. Now, we so we you... spent a year apart. Right. We spent a year apart, which I think is that's a significant block of time to spend apart. Yeah. We've been together for twenty five years, so to spend a year apart is really significant. And what is so 
the, 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 what is so um, lovely for me coming out of the back of this is to, to learn that actually I've, you can actually find a new relationship within, within that partnership that you've had for yeah. so, so long. We have a much better understanding of each other. We had to be apart to sort of find out who we were, to come back and be better, a better couple. Yeah. And, um, and I'm, yes, I see it sort of as a gift now. It was very tough. It was a really hard couple of years. It was really... Um, it was, I was very depressed and it was very t- tricky. But I'm v- so grateful for all of the things that I've learned off the back of it and, yeah. the, and, the, and the new life that I have. And, of course, the material for a show... <laughs> Thank God for hard times for comedians. Because, yes, and then eventually you go, oh, I reckon I can make this funny. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, you, you, everything is potentially funny, right? Yeah. You know, even things... I mean, I think the, both the things we've been through are... But people say, well, you can't joke about cancer and you can't joke about female hair loss. Yeah. But, of course, you can, you know, because it's not j- laughing at the... Uh, no. the condition it's about laughing at the what happens what around happened to you and your situation with it and you yeah. know yeah exactly that and it um yeah yeah well, it's great so the tour is is ongoing at the moment it's called bald ambition uh, yeah it's all over the you're doing 40 or so dates so. i am doing 40 or so dates it's a lot of i've been in a lot of service stations <laughs> do you ever go into service stations go where the hell do these people come from you never see posh families in service stations. <laughs> a friend of mine said the other day, where do posh people piss when they're on the road? And I'm like, I genuinely don't know, unless there's a sort of secret posh, posh pissing area. I don't know that we're not privy to. Uh, excuse the pun. Um, <laughs> That's a good point. Yeah, where are they? That's a good point. I, I accidentally... You get to know the, the good services from the bad services yeah. when you're a comedian, but I haven't toured in such a long time that I accidentally stopped at Watford Gap the other day. Oh! Nice. Schoolboy era. <laughs> it was like going back in time. Yeah. Yeah. It was like incredible. It's, what you sort of think, why... I mean, there must be a lot of money in service stations and there, you know, there aren't that many of them because everything's very expensive. You yeah, think, I mean, you, a cheese think... toasty now will set you back about 80 quid. <laughs> it's, yeah. I'm so always tempted to buy the, the shit as well that you sort of walk through. You've got two camp chairs. I don't need two camp chairs. Should I get two camp chairs? <laughs> <laughs> Who pops in for a piss and comes out with two camp chairs? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, memory, that's another... That's, that's a poor one as well. Yeah. yeah. Well, I was sort of surprised. I just thought I'm on the M1, I'm safe. It'll be fine. There wasn't even a Waitrose, a Pret-a-Manger. Oh, nothing. Just slumming it. You had to... A Costa sandwich was the best you could get there. Yeah. I decided... To have lunch in Wolverhampton, that's how bad it was. Ooh, well. <laughs> <laughs> will you eat a full... Will you go out for dinner on your own when you're on tour? No, I, I just tend to um, sandwich things up, basically. Do you? Yeah, I sometimes might... I might go to, occasionally to Renando's or something. Ooh, yeah, I like... Yes, yeah, so, yeah, I will, every now and again, I'll sort of spoil myself to a proper meal. Yeah. I like to sort of proudly walk in, confidently walk in. I love eating on your own. And they sort of look at you like, where's your, where's your family? Where's, where's your other people? And you go, party of one. And, uh, yeah, and then they and have a little proper meal by myself. Yeah. I enjoy that. I think, it's, again, it's a thing when you talk about in your previous show, I was watching uh, on Next Up, uh, the entry-level human. Yeah. A great, great show. But you talk about, uh, you know, getting older and uh, becoming sort of more independent. There's a very funny routine about... Uh, about why Brexit's happened is because people just get older and want, want to be, be separate. Want to be yeah, separate. move away from other people. <laughs> yeah. Other people are horrific. Um, yeah, which is which is well <laughs> worth watching. But I think you just do. You know, like I remember being in my twenties and the idea. You know, if I was like, sometimes occasionally I go on holiday on my own because it was the only yeah. only time I could get away. And I was too scared to go into restaurants on my own for the fear of looking... Yeah, like I think that is a thing that comes with, with a bit of age. Yeah, yeah. yeah, you literally don't give a shit yeah. anymore. <laughs> Just don't give a shit. I'd sit there with food all around my face going, fuck it, I'm 50-odd. It doesn't matter, does it? I'll, I, I love... We were talking about this backstage. I like to... I love, I love going to a museum yep. or, a, or, a, or an arboretum. I mean, I happily wander around trees on my own. I'll, you know, piss about in my anorak. I'm a lesbian. I love it. It's, it's I'm, in my, I'm in my natural habitat. I'm in sort of, you know, waterproof clothing and a sturdy boot, just looking at a giant redwood. And I'm very happy. I'm very happy. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's a weird existence, I think, anyway, as a stand-up. And the, the, the whole touring thing is, uh, you know, even if you've got... Even if you're with a support act and a tour manager, it's sort of very... still very lonely. And, yeah. And, and you've got this weird... 
end of day thing where, or, you know, in the middle of the evening where you're the centre of attention and yeah, a few so hundred lucky. people around yeah. you and then you go back. And to then you go back. To, I know it is really odd, isn't it? Yeah. I was in Newcastle uh, last week and I was walking down one of the main streets in Newcastle and Alan Carr walked towards me and I went, Alan? And he went, Zoe? I went, what are you doing here? He went, Grimsby. I'm in Grimsby tonight. <laughs> and I said, I'd rather walk around Newcastle. And... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> So we'd driven to Newcastle to avoid walking around Grimsby. <laughs> but we both had that slight mad look in our eyes and people were like, oh, somebody I know, you yeah. know. Because, it, yeah, it's really lonely. It just get, does get very lonely. I think the trick is to sort of break it, not do too many in a week. Yeah. So three or four maximum. Otherwise, you go absolute feral. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think it is, you know, this was something we talked about backstage, but I think it just is, the travel is so is so... Wearing and, and yeah. you know, like as you get older, and when I was thinking about when when, when you again start, you started twenty years ago. Also, yeah. when we were younger, in our thirties, you would sort of drive to Yorkshire and back and not, not yeah, think be about fine, it. be fine. And, and now, now it's mind you, I did drive back from Cardigan in Wales uh, last night and got home at three in the morning, and um, yeah, I so I get this sort of I finished the show and I thought there was a hotel there for me, and I thought. I could go now and get home by three. And I sort of clamped onto the steering wheel like a like an insane praying mantis. And I was like, I'm going to fucking do this. I'm going to do it. And I had a little I had my sandwich, my crisps. And, yeah, made it. But, like, like one eye popped at one point. You lose an eye. But just to wake up in the morning in your own yeah. bed. Don't you... On those long drives, though, don't... I always get to a point where I think I've died... Yeah. And and this is hell. Is yeah. That I'm just going to be driving. Yeah. Generally but, through... It's usually in Wales, so I'll just be driving through Wales, and that's what the afterlife is. Yeah, that's it. Forever. <laughs> Forever. Perpetually driving through Wales. Um, yeah, and I saw a badger at one point last night. That was there. And you're like, was that a badger? Was it a werewolf? What is going on? And I, there was parts of the journey, because have you ever been to Cardigan? There's a beautiful art centre there, but it really is quite a long, so. long, Don't long, long, long way away. Um, and the first sort of 50 miles of the drive back is, you know, through the, through the Welsh countryside. Yeah. And I've got quite an overactive imagination, does the job that I do. And at some point, you know, it was like 11 o'clock at night, it was pitch black, there was badgers, there was a couple of deers, there was an owl at one point. I was like, oh, an owl, you very rarely see them. And I did see one the other day at the Arboretum because they had a bird of prey exhibition as well, which was <laughs> thoroughly enjoyable. The things that man did with a bit of chicken on the end of a string. Anyway... <laughs> At some point when I'm driving on my own, I'll, a voice in my head will go, don't look in the wing mirror, don't look in the rearview mirror, don't look at... Do you, does anybody else get this? I'm like, oh, it's the devil clown, he's in the back seat, isn't it? I much have watched a film when I was young where a clown popped up in a back seat of somebody's yeah. car late at night and now I can't get out of my head when I'm driving back from Wales at two in the morning. I can't look in the back seat. Yeah. Yeah. The worst thing is you're about to wake up and find out you're still in that car. This, yes, this, that's this it. You just dream. I've been hit Cardiff. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. But it's... Um, I tell you what, though. I am... Um, having gone from a point where I never thought I'd be on stage again because I didn't know how I was going to do it to doing this tour, I'm so loving being on stage. That's great. It's yeah. so... I'm, ha- I'm having a lot of fun. I mean, the audiences are hating it, but I'm not, <laughs> they're not. The audiences are great, but I'm having so much fun because it feels. <laughs> after the last couple of years, it feels like it feels a lot purer. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. There's no expectation attached to it for me. All I want to do is go out and make people laugh. That is it. I don't. I, I go from day to d- like tour date to tour date to tour date, and. Uh, very much live in the present with it, and I'm so much happier on stage, and I'm really, really enjoying it. And I'm, good. yeah, it's good. Yeah, it's really well, good. You know, it is because I know it was. You know, as you've said, it's so, that, that to 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 have something that makes you lose confidence in yourself. Yes, in that to that degree. Yes, is you know that is stand up is so much about that, and your stand up especially because you're great with crowd work and you're a great compare. Mm. You've been the Chortle best camp compare two years running. Two years running. So that's that's, that's they're bookending. My... <laughs> so I just realised how short my trousers are this evening. I just looked down. I look like a fourteen year old boy. Come... <laughs> Sorry about that. 
But so you know that you know you need that confidence. So it's great that that, yeah. that, that has come back and that you're that you're enjoying the yeah the job for what it is. Yeah, you yeah. know it's because um, somebody said to me at one point, why don't you just shave your bits of hair off that you've got left? And I went, oh, no. <laughs> because some people don't suit it, and I no. really wouldn't suit it. I would very much look like a war criminal. So it just, <laughs> I would. It's look at the face. It needs something around it. it <laughs> you know, certain women women wear fascinators for a reason. Look over here. You know, and that's what my hair was. I think I had nice hair. So, um, so yes, it's. Uh, I'm glad I've got over that. I'm glad I'm that I'm, I'm, I'm be able. To be able to get back on stage. Yeah, yeah. and it was great that you did, that you did because obviously the lockdown, not you were meant to be doing your 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 quiz show. Yes, and and lockdown kind of scuppered that. Yes, I just got so I was I was all set to do um, the first series of Lightning, which was a BBC Two quiz show, um, and it got it all got taken out. You know, it all got taken out. I ended up during lockdown. Um, driving a, a veg van for a while d- yeah. around London just I wasn't, I didn't, wasn't even for the it was just to get out the house really it was a Brighton company that was su- that was supplying places all around London so I got a, <laughs> got a job driving this van like a massive long wheelbase Mercedes Sprinter and I turned up on the day and uh, the, Nigel the uh, the bloke who worked, worked in the forecourt he looked at that point like he even pre lockdown he'd been cutting his own hair um <laughs> uh, using a rabid dog and uh he, he sort of looked at me and he went can you drive a van can you drive a van and i, I went yeah and uh, never driven a van before in my life <laughs> turns out i couldn't really drive a van. i hit several trees richard wow. i hit several <laughs> trees um they're quite long they're long. They're much longer than you think they are. Um, it didn't have those beep, 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 beep sort of indicator. It had a sort of <laughs> when I hit a tree. I was like, oh, fuck, that's another tree. Um, yeah, I spent a lot of time trying to push out dents in that van. But at one point, one day, we, I drove past in my van with the courgettes in the back, the production offices of the quiz show right. that I should have been doing. Yeah. And I drove past the London production offices where I'd been sort of two months before going, well, we're very excited to start filming. I was like, me too. And then here I was in my van driving courgettes to somewhere out near Heathrow. I was like, well, you couldn't write this, Shane, could you? This is, there's a twist. Yeah. But we then eventually got to do the show. Yeah. yeah. And I loved it. It was great fun. I never knew I wanted to be a quiz show host. But well, you've done quite, like me, you've been, and most comedians, we've been on the other side and been yes. contestants on loads of these things. You've, yeah. done, you've done most of them. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, it's, I mean, it's sort of weird that that's, the, these are the jobs now available to comedians yeah. is, is moving into being a quiz well, show host. That, or... that's quite a traditional yeah. move, really, I suppose, isn't it is, I suppose yeah. you think bullseye, you think, you yeah. know, yeah. Um, it's, I suppose it was more traditional for ma- male comedians yeah. uh, to move into that sort of uh, environment. But Sandy did 15 to 1. She did, she did loads of episodes of that. She did like 450 yeah. episodes, she was telling me. <laughs> so, but I think we, 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 we're perfect at it because a lot of it is, is banter. It's just banter. It's comparing a room full of people and then asking them questions. And that's, <laughs> that's what we do. Yeah. So um, uh, I loved it. I yeah. really loved it. I really, really enjoyed doing it. Um, and I like the cheesiness of it all as well. I had a really shiny <laughs> suit and everything. It was brilliant. The theme music used to come on. And I was like, it was like living a sort of fever dream. I was like, this is amazing. <laughs> and in my mind, I went, oh, 10 series of this. This will be it then. I can just sort of, you know, bugger off to Marbs and sort of chill out and sort of get a bit fat on a lilo. Um, we did two. And then we were, uh, I think the technical term is axed. Um, <laughs> That's the term they always use in the press, acts. But um, but no, I was very glad to have been yeah. given the opportunity. It's to such do a it. hard thing. I mean, you know, I think to hit that magic formula of the thing that will really work and will gel. And again, especially there's so many of them. Yeah. And, and I think like for a daytime one as well to yeah. to take off catch is, the is, catch is, the imagination. It is, it yeah. Is but it's fun. I watched some today. It was. It was, it was fun. fun. It was, it was really fun. good fun. It was really good fun. I quite like the, there's a sort of random element of just, you know, you can get you get knocked out yeah. if you're the, the light's on you at the end and you, yeah. just, you could be the best person then. Just, it, it... You could be absolutely rubbish all week to <laughs> win. That's what I like about it. And that's what life's all about, isn't it? Yeah, it's great. It's great for the underdog. So do you think, I mean, there's, there's quite a lot of things coming up, right? I think you're, do, you're doing... Uh, You've done a show that I didn't want to do, which was World's Most Dangerous Roads. Oh, didn't you want to do that? Well, I was, partly I was doing this at the time, and I had to cancel a couple of weeks of this. And yeah. I already, and, 
and I kind of was quite looking forward to the guests. Yeah. But also, I'm not, I'm, I'm not a good driver. You see, I'm a pretty good driver. Yeah, well, you drive, if you drive... Uh, unless it's a Mercedes long wheelbase, <laughs> and then I'm not a good driver. But, um, yeah, I got to do that with Joe Wilkinson. We went around um, Eastern Turkey. We filmed it in July, obviously, oh, wow. prior to all of the horrible things that have happened. Yeah. Um, uh, was, um, and it was, it was beautiful. It's such a beautiful country. It's incredible. We went up the Iranian and Georgian borders, and oh, it was wow. just, yeah, stunning, really stunning. And Joe just makes me laugh so much. <laughs> So much. He is such a funny, funny guy. We we just laughed for yeah a week. Yeah. And, and yeah, and avoided goats. So um, <laughs> yeah, it was great fun. Really cool. good fun. And is, is, did I read you doing celebrity SAS? Well, I could tell you, but then I'd have to kill you, okay. Richard. <laughs> I, could I saw it on that. the internet, so I don't think yeah, it's a it's I know yeah it's a sort of it's a sort of gentle secret. Is it? Yeah, yeah. Next podcast, I'll tell you about that. Okay. One. Yeah. <laughs> that, was, um, that was interesting. Yeah. yeah. So, you yeah. know, it's, everything's going... Re- you know, it is... It's, we, we were talking backstage about how weird lockdown was and how, how it sort of feels... I mean, hopefully, fingers history. crossed. History. It feels it, like history. It feels like history and it feels like a, this weird thing. But it, that's, that story of you driving, you know, driving past the production yeah. offices... Yeah. You, know, you, you could never, at the beginning of that year, you couldn't have envisaged... No, no. And ...that I think your 20... life would change in that way. And then everything else that's happened to you as well. It's, uh, yeah. it's just both, you know. It's it was... Crazy. Uh, you know, if, if you are planning on having a, a massive introspective midlife crisis at any point, I can really highly recommend that you do it on the backdrop of some sort of global catastrophe because nobody really notices. <laughs> it's fabulous. You can get away with all sorts of shit, really. It, it's sort of... The pandemic just sort of provided a beautiful star curtain of distraction <laughs> behind me as the wheels came off my life and um uh it, it, i feel like i utilize the time fully yeah well that's true you know i have a lot of friends who learned a language and learned how to make <laughs> sourdough i went fucking mental <laughs> and came out the other side a very different person not yeah. with all my own hair but it's growing back <laughs> so you know do you think it would have happened if lockdown hadn't happened though or do you think it was the, do you think it was the do, pause i do that worry it... about that that actually maybe um it it needed to happen yeah. so it w- it would have happened at some point and it probably and the, the, the disaster for me would have happened it would have happened at the point where i was really busy with stuff and that you know lots of other things were going on yeah, yeah. but at least that's why i see it as a gift it was sort of this expanse of time where you were like let's just fully fully explore what's going on in your head yeah yeah yeah. yeah. So it's amazing, you know, and it's. I think it's also amazing in terms of like that the relationship breaking down, but then getting back together yes. again. It's. It's that's. You know, if that had, if that hadn't happened, it might not be. It might not be a comedy show. I guess. No. Whatever, no. You know, there, there are comedians who do comedy shows about their divorces, but yes. then. <laughs> yeah. But. Well, we're difficult to live with as well, aren't we? We are. We, can, we yeah. are. We're assholes. <laughs> I mean, why anybody would want to marry a comedian? I have no idea. We are so self-centred. We yeah. are just giant toddlers that, <laughs> you know, I mean, it was, that was really highlighted to me when I, when I moved into this flat on my own, right? And I, was, I remember the day getting the key and I went, I'm going to be a strong, independent woman. I'm going to be a strong, independent woman, and I'm going to do this. And I got into the flat, and the Wi-Fi wasn't working, and I burst into tears instantly and had to phone my now-separated-from wife (laughs) and go, can you come and turn the internet on for me, please? And then I couldn't get the bath to fill up, and I was was turning the tap the wrong way. I had had a plumber out, and he went, you you turn it that way. (laughs) I went, what? He said, said, what have you been doing? I went, I've been hitting it. I've been turning. He went, you just, you, you do that. And then this water came out, and I went, oh, fuck, what magic is this? Who knew? Who knew? So I think it was very insightful to find out just how useless I am and how patient she is. Yeah. Yeah. And so we've been able to move to a much better ground, a much better ground. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. 
I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50% to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Um, yeah. you've, uh, you've been doing some running as well, which I, I, I'm yes. trying to get back into running again, having had a little break from it. But you've, doing, you've done some like crazy distances. So you've done marathons, but you've done... Uh, I've done a lot of half marathons, yeah. and then during lockdown, I started running sort of marathon distance, but off road, but like slowly, yeah. like a sort of slow, like a sort of nana pace. But then, yeah, during the lockdown, after lockdown, my brother and I did a run from London to Brighton, which is 100 kilometers. Which is it's, that. but having said that, it's the Southern Rail Line, so um, it's often easier just to get there on your own two feet. <laughs> Because I know I'm not going to replace myself with a bus replacement service in the Gatwick area. I'll keep going. Um, so, yeah, he did that with me. It was, it was absolutely horrific. Yeah, I can imagine. It was horrific. It was awful. The first bit was easy. And, it, and, it, it bit, and I got in my head and went, oh, this is a piece of business. We'll be done by lunch. Uh, oh, you're not done by lunch. Oh, you're not done by lunch. Um, lots of horrible things happened to my body on that run. Uh, I won't give too much of a word, talk about it quite extensively in the show. Um, but, uh, yeah. The, I mean, are you allowed to have a sleep halfway? How, how, no, how, you keep going. How long going. did it take to, ride, to run 100 kilometres? Well, we, we sort of ran the first sort of 30 miles, and then you sort of run walk it, then it's run walk. Yeah. And then both of our knees went, and then... And then you start sort of... <laughs> then it gets dark. <laughs> and then at one point I just went, why am I doing this? <laughs> why am I doing this? I think we were about 80 kilometres in and I was like, nobody's even forced me to do this. <laughs> I wasn't even doing it for charity. I was doing it for... My... So why am I... What madness is this? But you're 80 kilometres in. You can't stop, can you? At 80k, no. 100k... You know, and then at that point, there were fewer and fewer people, and the people that we were passing who were on this race were predominantly they were sort of middle-aged blokes clearly battling with some, like, battling against themselves. I remember seeing one guy, and he went, I got this far last year and I had to pull out. Not this year. Not this year. Devil's Dyke's not going to beat me this year. I was like, oh, the number of times I've said that. Um, <laughs> so, so it's such a weird thing to do. It was such a strange thing to do it's, it's, it becomes like its own little mini existence because you you're running and walking for so long that you've forgotten what life was like before do you know what i mean you're like this is what i do now i just do this i just do this and shit in fields this is what i do yeah so how, how long did that take 18 hours it was yeah 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 people do it in 12 like proper athletes do it in 12 like but 18 was I was quite pleased with that. <laughs> I'm, well, I just can't imagine. I don't know what. No, why would what you want it, to like do it, three, Richard? It's nearly three marathons, is it? Or it's like, two, two and, and a bit. Half, two yeah. and a bit marathons, but not, but over sort of you know, and because it's London to Brighton, right at the end, it's Ditchling Beacon, which is like that. <laughs> so it's practically straight up, and it's pitch black. And um, <laughs> I'm going to give you all of this for advice before you know. Make sure you've got a proper head torch. You're like, yeah, okay, I'm not an idiot. Um, and I, I put my head torch on, and the battery just went. And I went, oh, I, oh, I clearly am an idiot. I'm now 80 kilometres in and in complete darkness. And so I had to run up Ditchling Beacon using the using the tiny little phone, my phone. Like it's, this is not how ultra runners are supposed to do it. Um, yeah, I, one blister, not bad. That's amazing. Pretty good. Yeah. Lost a toenail, but one blister. Yeah. <laughs> but I think that's pretty good, don't you? Yeah. 
Yeah, and that's pretty good. I mean, I friend of mine did it, and she put talc on her shoes. Big no-no, I learned, because Very basically good. over 100 kilometres, that turns into abrasive glue. Uh, yeah, she, 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 two stumps now is what she's got. <laughs> that's what we call her. Two stumps doozy. There she is. Yeah. Were, you, were you running before? Like, is, was this Half marathons, yeah. yeah. And I like it. It, makes, it keeps me sane, but I'm really bad at it. Like, I've, I've got no mobility. I look like a sort of cross between a, a house brick and a pug. It's, <laughs> it's a miracle that I move. Like, there's, there's, no, there's no delicacy to my movement. It's, it's like, wow, that's, is that just being blown along in the breeze? What's, <laughs> you know, you see runners and their heels are sort of slightly kicking the back, their backsides as they're going. You go, what a beautiful human movement that is. What an incredible, graceful human movement that is and then I catch sight of myself in a, in a restaurant window I'm like what the f- <laughs> like a penguin escaping a house fire I'm like <laughs> but you know I keep going yeah keep, just keep going keep going I think you know there is something about it that once you once you're in there once you're once you're fit enough to do I keep on just losing the fitness and then having to start again I think yeah. like 5k yesterday and I'm that's pretty I'm, good. It's all right, but I'm feeling quite bad. But I'm, on the re- positive side, we just, uh, is there less chaffing because of the one ball? Yeah. <laughs> you see? <laughs> I'm not my balls chaffing, but no, it, it, it's more comfortable. You see, Definitely. there you go. Every so, cloud. Yeah. Yeah. It's all right. <laughs> I think, you know, if you're a serious athlete, I think you should take both off. Yeah. Really go <laughs> for, for it. The, yeah. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> it's, been, it's much more in the middle than it was than okay. the, when, when you had two. So, yeah. yeah so it's, there you um, go. Less yeah. Vaseline. Oh, yeah, no, I'm looking on the bright side. Absolutely. It's all fine. You've got to look on the bright side. I have brought my emergency question book out with me, but let me see if I can remember some emergency questions. Right. If you, uh, Zoe Lyons, yes. were like a caterpillar and could go into a chrysalis mm. and change... You know, a caterpillar changes into a butterfly. I don't know yes. if you're aware of that. If you could go into chrysalis <laughs> and change... Yes. Meltdown and then change into anything you wanted to be, what would you come out of your chrysalis as? Oh, wow, okay. Um, yeah, it's quite a, quite a hard one. I think snow leopard. A snow leopard? Yeah. Right. Very beautiful, quite rare. Yeah. Can shift, quite strong. Yeah. Lovely eyes. A... <laughs> nice coat, nice yeah. coat. I think I quite fancy that. Yeah. yeah. Nice. I mean, it scared the shit out of the children that were expecting a butterfly, obviously, <laughs> in primary school. And I think I'd do it just for that as well, just to see six-year-olds absolutely (laughs) cack their pants as an unexpected snow leopard uh, pounced on the teacher's desk. Yeah. Do you think it'd be coming out of a a tiny chrysalis, or do you think the chrysalis would... I think it'd be quite a small chrysalis, so then they'd be really surprised when... (laughs) Like one of those indoor fireworks. Like, like, wow, full-size snow leopard. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. Um, if all the art galleries and museums in the world, I know you like going to museums, mm-hmm. got together, and arbitoriums as well, mm-hmm. got together and said, we love your work, we want to give you, you can have one thing from all the museums and art gallery in the world and you can keep it. Right. What, what item or painting or oh. artefact would you like to possess? I'd like to have the uh, triptych of uh, Aronimus Bosch's um, uh, Garden of Earthly Delights. Okay, yeah. Yeah, I've gone quite serious with that one. That's good, nice. Um, Because it's like a sort of incredible medieval Where's Wally? (laughs) (laughs) Because you just keep looking at it going, oh, look, there's a lady with a dick on her head. Oh, there's a a fish with with rabbit legs and it's... I I find him fascinating. Yeah, and if you took a magnifying glass... Because I saw it in the Prada in Madrid, but obviously there's a big group of people all around it, and you're like, get out of the way. Because you really want to have a proper look at that. You want to get your little magnifying glass out. and You do wonder what he was on. Because no internet. That all came out of his mind. That's incredible. (laughs) If you... And... God, there must have been some toxic paints he was sniffing or something. <laughs> like the sort of medieval equivalent of sniffing Sharpies or something. Because he just... Madness. Beautiful, beautiful madness. So I'd have that up in the living room. Yeah. And then every now and again, just have a look, go over and have a look, wander at it and go, oh, look, there's a man with an arrow going through his nose and a f- fish up his bottom. wonder what that signifies. <laughs> means something to somebody, doesn't it? Yeah. It's a very good choice. Um, you started out as an actor, right? So you went to drama school before you... Be, was it before yeah. you became a comedian? Yeah. I mean, you say started out as an actor. I went to drama school. Well, you've done some acting. Oh, you, you've recently... They say you should never play God. 
Oh, I did that you just before God. lockdown. Yeah, yeah, I played God. Yeah. What was, what, how were you? What, what was the I was circle? awesome. Uh, yeah. It wasn't a stretch. Um, <laughs> how did you, did you method act it? How did, how totally did you research? I really enjoyed doing that, actually. <laughs> we, um, uh, it, was, it, was, it was challenging because it was basically sort of an hour and a half monologue. Right. And for a menopausal lady, that's a lot of words to remember. I had two angels with me on the stage. They had smaller parts in the show. Gabriel, the guy who played Gabriel, Tommy, was a beautiful guy. Every now and again, he could see that I completely lost where I was <laughs> in the script. And I could see the sort of look of panic on his eyes. And every now and again, I learned just to turn to him and go, Gabriel, if you were God, what would you feel like saying right now? <laughs> and because he was much younger and had much more elasticity of brain, he usually remember what the hell I was supposed to be saying. He'd say, I might mention the ark, my lord. The ark, the ark. The ark. And then I'd be off again, yeah. Yeah, I enjoyed doing that. Yeah. I had to sing a song at the end. Okay. Not a singer, Richard. No? Not a singer. <laughs> and I remember saying to the director, I'm not a singer. And they went, oh, everybody can sing. And then I tried it and they went, all oh, right, clearly not. <laughs> um, and it was a big sort of show number. So I... Do you know um, the Chinese website Alibaba? I'm not aware of it. Okay, it's like it's sort of like a Chinese version of eBay, I think. Okay. And there's a, there's a billionaire okay. boss that owns it in China, and every year he puts on a massive concert for his own employees. Okay. But he can't sing. But he does it with the confidence of a billionaire. Yeah. And knowing that they're not going to complain or leave. <laughs> uh, and so I just had to sort of summon him. Right. So every night I sang the song like I was a Chinese billionaire <laughs> to employees that were too scared to leave the room. And it uh, seemed to work for me. Yeah. Do, do you, are you glad? I think it's how Barbara Dixon did it. There's <laughs> Elaine Page uses that as well. Yeah. And do you find you know it's interesting to that as a you know to have to go back to a script? Yeah. If you're being an actor, you you, you yeah. obviously can't dick around too much. Whereas a comedian, you can do anything you want. To yeah. Do, and I do. I'm sure, yeah. And I, I mean, I, I don't know how you write your shows. Do you write them? Do you write them line for line, no. or do you work them out and then? I sort of used to write them and yeah. then try to learn them, and I used to be able to learn, but I can't learn yeah. lines anymore. So I literally just have an idea and do 30, and talk it, do thirty gigs until it's till it's set. Right. Yeah, and then will you write it out? No, and then I change it still, and then I'm still as I'm touring. The only way I can keep touring interesting for myself is yeah. every night trying to absolutely perfect every. Element. Every bit of it, yeah. So not just the words, the the speed and the tone and the, yeah. the volume and pauses and yeah. what you're doing with your hand, you know, like it's so it, that it, that made touring. I used to get bored bored during touring because I wasn't doing that. I was just yeah. doing the show, doing the show and, and not then playing with it. There wasn't many it. people in rushing through the second half. Very fast. Yeah, like that. there's and a train that. at five past. <laughs> I can be out of Didcot if I get this done quickly. La 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 la. The end. But, but yeah. I said, well, I, no, I haven't haven't done a tour show for five years. But yeah, I was I really got into what's the best word? What is there anything else in this idea? Sometimes you break it by by stretching it too far, and you never get back to where you yeah. were. Yeah, but, but would yeah. you come off stage and then write those words no. down? You say, okay, that's fast because I'm the I'm the same. And I sometimes so when I started this tour and I was just about to go on stage for the first time, I looked at my notes <laughs> and it was like four words, and I went. Christ, that's not a lot, is it? How am I going to get an hour and a half out of that? It just says alopecia, car flat. I mean, Jesus, where's the jokes in that? You know, but it's but that but they are all in there for yeah. me as well. I, I never write it out full length. Never no. write it. Out, yeah, and and again every night on stage, you sort of try and and I think tweak I, it. I think you lose some good stuff as well. I mean, there are comedians who like ha- tape it, listen back to the tape. Yeah. Have someone with them to write down and come. Yeah. Oh, you did this tonight. You did this tonight. I'm sure there's times when I've really perfected something and lost and then it. Completely forgotten what I did. Yeah. But mainly, especially going every night, or even like yeah, like you say, three three times a week. But if you're going out every night, it's there. I, it's sort of there, and you get and, and but sometimes you know I would tour and sometimes I'd forget a whole bit yeah. for a month and then suddenly go oh, oh God, there's yeah. that. Yeah. And it'd be the best bit of the routine. You yeah. Go, Fucking hell, where did that go? I did that the other night on stage <laughs> in Newcastle. I was talking and my brain went, so, so, there's a bit later in the show that won't make any sense now because you've forgotten another bit. And I was like, oh my God, but this bit was still talking. Like the front yeah. bit was still talking and the back bit was going, how are we going to crowbar that bit? And then, 
Leave it with me. I'll have a think. Right, okay. And they're still talking. I'm going, we're going to have to do it pretty soon because we're getting nearer to the end of the... So I said, I think I've thought of a, I think I've thought of a segue. I think I've thought of a segue. So it's... it's yeah. Re- yeah. It's, but I'll come off and I will... If I have, a, like, I had like, a, like an add-on for a joke the other night and I'll come off and I'll immediately write just the word down and, right. I'll go, and I won't forget that then. Yeah. 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 I think the day, you know, sometimes when I've toured a lot, I think I've talked about this before, but the voice in your head starts trying to fuck you up. Oh, yeah. Oh, I had that in Cardigan yeah. last night. <laughs> yeah, the voices just go, what do you think you're doing? Why do you think this is funny? And you're like, not now, we're on stage, please. Please, just let mummy work, please, please, don't, don't do this now. Jesus Christ, back in the day, people used to write proper jokes and proper set-ups and punchlines. Look at you, fannying around like some sort of menopausal clown. Honestly, where's the dignity? Aren't you ashamed of yourself? And I'm like, please, I'm trying to do a show! Yeah. But I guess it's got to work like that because you have to be ready for whatever happens things are going to change yeah so you know as you're as the mouth's going and once you know it so well the mouth and that's the danger the mouth could be going and you can start thinking about something that isn't even the show Dinner. and then yeah. suddenly come back and go oh yeah. <laughs> yeah 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 where am i and what am i meant to say next yeah. sometimes you get too confident but yeah that's it is it's sort of a, such a weird but i find that i find that fascinating the creative process and the way that often on stage if even if you sat down and were writing something yeah you get on stage and you say it just perfectly in a way you would never write yeah. it, it just... took it took doing the show two shows before i went oh and that is the connection and that is the ending like yeah. like i worked it out on stage yeah. i would never have made any of those connections or endings if i'd sat at a typewriter yeah i'd know a typewriter how old are you <laughs> A typewriter? <laughs> Jesus, Zoe. Jessica Fletcher. Yes. If I'd sat up my, print, my printing machine, <laughs> dressed in my monk's outfit. Oh, each letter individual. This is, why I, this is why I don't do this, Sebastian. I don't do it. It just takes too long. But no, if I'd written, if I'd sat at my, uh, my, com- my computer and um, uh, I tried to do it, it would never have happened. It has to be in, on stage. Some, yeah. Yeah. Uh... yeah. And so, how do you find... You obviously are playing the clubs a lot still. Uh, less so. Less so. Yeah. Because um, we, we were talking about that backstage, about how, you know, I don't think the money's gone up. No, not, not since I started. Yeah, I don't think the money's gone up since I started. No. I started in 1989. Yeah. I think the money was better in 1989. Yeah, Mostly, you know, not even proportionally, I think, like... You know, better more money than we're getting, yeah. we're getting now. So, unfortunately, it's a lot, lot worse. Uh, is it? I mean, obviously, because you're doing a variety of things. Yes, that's it's not. You're not doing when you're doing stand up. It's not necessarily for you know paying your living expenses. But is it? it how do you think people are? Well, it's changed, isn't it? It's all that. changing. It's yeah. like because I, I said to you before we came on, I went, oh, I feel you know, it's harder for people. But then again. Other things are different. Like, you know, if you have a massive online presence, you yeah. can be getting branding work for, you know, 10 yeah. grand a pop where you're going, oh, I love this particular sort of... At least it's scouring pad again. <laughs> just sort of indicating my age. It cleans up my typewriter beautifully. You're not, you're not what we're looking for, though, in the TikTok um, generation. But look at, the, look at the shine on my typewriter with a lovely scouring pad I've used. I'm going to use it on my brasses. Um, so... <laughs> There are, you know, there are definitely definitely different ways that people are making money now. Yeah, That's, yeah. you know, um, it's hard. It's harder, I think, doing it the traditional way in the clubs. And I yeah. think, you know, as you get older and you do get more opportunities to do different things, and yeah, yeah, you grab them. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's, it's interesting yeah. stuff. Um, cool. The hmm. <sighs> this is like my tour show. It just sort of stops. Yeah, just let's uh, the end. <laughs> My, my phone keeps on beeping. That's what's put me off. What's this? Are you reading your text messages yeah, now? I've got a message. Crikey. Got a message from It's really there. playing with my imposter syndrome. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't got my book here. Um, I'm going to ask you an emergency question. Mm-hmm. It's hard without the book. It is, isn't it? Isn't it? <laughs> off the top of your head. Um, if you had to choose between dating, if you were single again... Yeah. Uh, a woman who was a six foot tall vulva. Yeah. Or I love a, a Swedish car. Or a woman <laughs> who, instead of having, uh, <laughs> instead of ha- no, a woman who had a tiny woman living in a burrow between her legs. 
Say that what? Six foot two Volvo? Uh, six or... foot Volvo. No, it's not six foot two, don't really. Okay, six sorry. foot. <laughs> six foot Volvo. Yeah. Uh, or a woman who, instead of having a Volvo, yeah. had a, a tiny woman living in a burrow between her legs. Oh, and it's a burrow. It's now, the number of times this has happened to me, yeah. and I've been in this situation. Um, I. Th I th I think only because of um, a scene from Mulholland Drive, the David Lynch film, where there were yeah. the tiny little figures behind the door and it really unsettled me. <laughs> I think the tiny little woman in the Volvo, I'd never go there. Okay. Um, <laughs> just because it would seem a little bit haunted. So I'd rather stride about town. With the Volvo? With the six-foot Volvo. Would, how much... Uh, well, listen, I mean, also, you know, it doubles up. I mean, you know, you know what you're hitting, for a start. Yeah. And <clears throat> if you get, you know, on tour, yeah. makes a lovely sleeping bag. <laughs> well, I, think I like the idea of being able to climb inside. Oh, yeah. It's much better than a six-foot penis. comes with its own that. hoodie. Yeah. But how far back... What does it include? Is that? Is that I don't know how if, far. Are there kind of ovaries at the back there? I don't know. Where does, where does the, the female genitalia end? I need my end? head torch for that, but we all know my head torch isn't up yeah, too much. So, okay. But no, definitely. Would, would it come with legs? Or... No, no, it, just sh it would shuffle, shuffle along like a, sna a snail, like I imagine. Okay. <laughs> that's fine. Yeah, I prefer that to the little one. That's, yeah. weird. that's just weird, the little one. I mean, it's a threesome every time you go to bed, but one of the no, people but is... No, but not in an equal way, no. <laughs> They'd just be sitting watching like, a, like Mike Jack Russell does. Yeah. No, I don't like that. It's odd. Okay. Yeah. Um, have you ever seen a ghost? Uh, I've seen a poltergeist. Okay, well, that's a ghost. Is it? Yeah, I mean, I Is think... it, or is it somebody's energy that's a sort of um, uh, manifested externally? I think, in, I think uh, it's a good answer to this question. Tell, yeah. me, uh, tell me about the time you saw a poltergeist. I saw a poltergeist once when I was at university, um, and uh, my friend's... Um, Paula and Penny and I were in another girl's room who was... She was very ethereal. She had a very ethereal way okay. about her. She used to sort of... She would drape things over her lamps to give... Lamps to give it a sort of, sort of, you know, in her student accommodation to give it a sort of, I don't know, sort of more sophisticated feel. She was, she was very, very, very intelligent mm -hmm. and, you know, slightly odd. Um, and we were in her room one night, um, the, the, f the four of us, and she was at her desk, and it was thundering and lightning outside. <laughs> and, and at one point, we were chatting, and she did have this incredible aura around her, this energy. And at one point, we were chatting, and a box flew off the top of her wardrobe, landed on the floor, and then moved across the floor rapidly about six or seven times. Like... <laughs> And myself and my two friends, Penny and Paula, we always talk about it whenever we meet up. We go, did this happen? We all go, it did happen. So we, 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 we you know, and um, it, it, it stopped, and it stopped in the middle of the floor. And my, my friend, who was the ethereal spirit, just looked at it and went, oh, God, not again. <laughs> oh, God. And it turned out that she had been bothered with poltergeist. Wow. Yeah, it was quite, it, it was... It was. I'm glad the three of us were there because well, otherwise. Were you all on drugs? Though? No, one, probably one of the days we weren't. Okay. No, <laughs> probably the one of the days we weren't. The bucket bong was very much in the cupboard. It was. Um, it yeah. It was very very odd. It was very strange. Yeah, it's pretty good. Yeah. There's been yeah. some spooky ones. That's hard to beat. Thank you. <laughs> I saw one in an Undertaker's once as well. I was waiting for a then girlfriend. Her father had passed away, and you know when they have um, they have a viewing room. They, it was in Glasgow, so they're quite traditional funerals. I think they laid out the body so that people could go and have a a, a yeah. wee look. And um, I didn't want to have a wee look, and so I waited in the waiting room. But the door that led to the room where the body was, while I was waiting, they were in the office. In its frame, in it, the door frame. It just vibrated so violently. It went in its frame. And I was like, oh, my God. It just, this vibrating door, and it stopped. And then the handle just moved down and then sprang back up again. Wow. Yeah.
I mean, it was either a juggernaut going past, or or that was some there was something, and yeah, it was. Or someone um, who worked at the Undertaker. Yeah, stop. it was like that. <laughs> I do this every time. They absolutely cack their pants. <laughs> absolutely shit themselves. Wait for it. You've got to wait just a minute for the door handle release between the vibrations and the moving. Let's fucking wait for it. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Uh, are you worried about uh, dying and uh, getting old? Um. <laughs> I mean, not in that order. Na- I'm 51. Yeah, it's getting, it's getting, you're getting on, Zach. Getting on, isn't it? No, I'm worried about dying. I'm worried about dying. No. No. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, it all depends how I go. I really don't want to die in an embarrassing way. I yeah. really, really don't want to do that. Like, I face-planted the pavement a year ago, and I thought, God, if I died then... I got out of a taxi, and what happened was the top half of my body went, right, we're ready to leave the taxi, and the bottom half of my body went, we're quite happy here. And so it stayed in the taxi, and the front, my top half left the taxi and then just smacked onto the pavement, and I yeah. really hurt myself. And I thought, God, if I died doing that... just People would just piss themselves at your funeral, wouldn't they? You were like, oh, God, <laughs> she, she'd been on the tequila again. I, I don't want to die in a silly way. No. In a heroic way, you could die being a Not hero. Not even in heroic, just no. even here, if I just sort of, just, just like... Yeah. Fuck, that would make it a good be, episode, wouldn't it, would be really it Richard? Good if you could. <laughs> that it's, would make a good episode. There's been a couple of guests I thought that it might happen <laughs> have, they, with. have they gone? <laughs> Has she gone? But I'm not worried about getting old. I, I'm enjoying getting older, because yeah. actually, um, there's a, having been through what I went through, and the, the, uh, the, I've got rid of a lot of stuff that wasn't serving me. Yeah. And I feel I actually feel very light on my feet these days. Yeah. I feel very light on my feet and more agile of brain. Um, yeah. Well, it's, I, mean, I think you're you're standard. They say in in your uh, your uh, your, sh- your show and uh, next up, uh, if you want a happier life, reduce your expectations. Absolutely. Happiness equals success minus expectation. That's what it is. Denmark's often voted the happiest country on earth, and apparently that's an equation they live by. Right. Happiness equals success minus expectation. So if good things happen, that's great. And if bad things happen, you know, whatever. It's just, it's that ability to live in the present is so important, so important. And I think pre-pandemic, I certainly, for one, lived in an imagined future whereby I was happier, I had more money, I had, you know, greater success. I had I constantly... I think every job I did and every bit of work I did and everything I did was somehow sort of... I thought I was layering down for this imagined future that I, that I thought I was going to have. Yeah. And then when it all abruptly comes to an end, you go, there is no future. There is absolutely no future. There is literally now... And the, you can revisit the past, but you wouldn't want to live there. But all you have is this, is this second right now. That is it. And once I've, I, it does sound a bit sort of wanky, but once you... I, I try very, very much just to inhabit the moment. Yeah. And then you can't fear death. I, I think that's very good. And I, you know, I think it's interesting. Get the, the good thing about getting older, I think, is making those realisations, realising, you know, that happen- your personal happiness is more important than anything, especially, yeah. I think, within comedians, because the comedians are so focused Tuned on... into what they do yeah, and who they are. Focused on themselves and focused on... on and you there's know, so, so much more out there. Success. So much more out there. It's yeah, a, you yeah. know, it's, it's part of who I am. Being a comedian is part of who I am. But there's massive other bits of me as well. Yeah. Yeah. I don't have any of that, but, uh, <laughs> yeah, it's... <laughs> It's just a good... No, but it's true. It is, it is true. Well, look, uh, Zoe, it's really lovely to see you. Lovely to uh, see you and too. And I'm, I'm glad everything's turned out okay. And I'm glad you're well too. Me too. I'm very glad. Uh, and, Stop uh, copying my hair. <laughs> <laughs> it's insensitive. Stop it. <laughs> look, if I, if I, my hair's everything. I can't... I can't. <laughs> it's, all I, it's all I've got. Uh, look, it's uh, really fantastic. Thank you so much for coming on. Ladies and gentlemen, give it up. The amazing Zoe Lyons! <laughs> You have been listening to Rahula Stepper with me, Richard Herring, and my guest, Zoe Lyons. Thank you to Scant Regard for playing this music. I am indebted to my producer, Ben Walker. Thank you also to Chris Evans. Not that one, he's moving house. He's doing too well. He's moving up in the world. It's going all right. Thank you, Devon, at the Les Square Theatre for having us and the whole of the Rahula Stepper crew for all the hard work they put in in making this happen. This and thank you to Kathleen McKeegan again. Thank you for your fantastic website, Rahalastapa.com. This is a Sky Potato Fuzz and Go Faster Strike.com production. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Thanks again for listening to the podcast, richardherring.com slash ballback slash tour or richardherring.com slash gigs for all of the information on the tour. Gofasterstripe.com for lots of downloads and books and lots of fun. Thanks for listening. Go and listen to another one. Tell your friends about the show. Tell your friends about the tour. I love you all. I'm out.